And good evening, Hampton Roads. Welcome to another edition of Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. Alongside me, as usual, CFP Allison Dubril. Together, we come to you live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month to dialogue with you, take your calls. If you have a question or comment relating to your own personal financial situation, then we'd love to hear from you. All we need is your first name, city you're calling from, and no matter what Allison and I are talking about, if it's important to you, then it's important to us. We'll get you right on air. 627-7979. Don't forget that area code, 757-627-7979. Wealthway Financial Advisors is the proud sponsor of Dollars and Common Sense. We are an independent registered investment advisor, which means we're legally held to a fiduciary standard to put our clients' interests ahead of our own in any business dealing. And that's the way it should be when you work with a financial advisor. As the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. So by design, we can't work with everyone. We work with a relatively small group of high net worth individuals, but that's one of the reasons we feel so strongly about coming here every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m. That's to reach out and help as many people in the Hampton Roads listening area that we can achieve your measure of financial success. Because it is a core belief at Wealthway Advisors, the overwhelming majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial security if they choose it. And it is a choice because it takes some time it takes some effort, and it takes some knowledge. We're here to help. you got to take that first step, though. Pick up the phone. Give us a call, 627-7979. Whether you want to talk about anything having to do with the investment markets, the economy, insurance products like life insurance, health insurance, property casualty, taxes, tax planning, tax reduction strategies, due in about a week for most people, uh, retirement planning, retirement plans, 401ks, 403bs, TSP, IRA, Roth IRAs, uh, mortgage options, or Social Security claiming strategies, estate planning, wills and trusts, all that and more falls under the umbrella of personal finance, and we are here to discuss tonight. 627-7979. Good evening, Allison. Good evening. Tonight we're going to talk about one of the building blocks of personal finance. We're going to give you credit 101. So if you need a little refresher on what credit is and how it works, we're going to give you a run through of what it is and some tips on how you can impact your credit. And credit is really, really a big part of your financial power. It is the ability to borrow money or access goods or services with the understanding that you'll pay it later. So it is how you can get a loan for a car or a credit card and not have to pay today with the promise of paying later. So we want to talk about how you manage credit. Yeah, the proper use and responsible use of uh, loans and debts. Not all debt is bad debt, as we'll talk about later. And in fact, uh, responsible use of debt can actually... Uh, and strategic use of debt 
can actually help grow your net worth faster in the right circumstances. But there's a fair amount that goes into it. And in the great old United States of America, there's a lot of people who don't use debt wisely. And it's it's a very slippery slope, a dangerous hole that once you start getting yourself into uh, with too much debt, it's hard to dig out of. So we'll try to prevent you from getting in the hole in the first place. Or if you're there, try to throw you a lifeline, help you get out quicker. So if you're looking to access credit, what are lenders looking for? We can kind of boil it down to the five C's of credit. Credit history, capacity, collateral, capital, and conditions. Don't worry, you don't have to memorize that. We'll take each one, um, one piece at a time. Credit history, I think, is pretty um, familiar to most people. That is a record of your use of credit over time. It includes accounts that you have opened previously and even accounts that have been closed for some time. And it includes a history of your payments, typically over the past seven to 10 years. So all of that information can be provided to lenders to help them determine whether you are someone that will actually make good on your promise to pay when they lend you money. Right. Credit history, very important to your proper use of credit and whether you even will be um, granted credit from a lending institution. Credit history is sort of like uh, a little bit like your report card. Uh, It tells the um, different loans, uh, different credit facilities, credit cards, gas cards, um, store cards, Uh, personal loans that you may have taken out over student loans, mortgages uh, that you may have taken out over your lifetime, and then your payment history on those loans. So uh, credit is a little bit like um, exercise. You know, you you need to do some to be financially healthy. Uh, And done properly, it can make you very financially strong. But you do too much, then you can harm yourself. So you want to have some credit as early as possible in your lifetime. So usually if you graduate from high school, get your first job, great opportunity to get your first credit card, use it responsibly. If you you go to college and you get student loans, as soon as those student loans, even though you don't have to pay them back, as soon as those student loans are issued to you, they start showing up on your credit report. And the sooner you can build a good credit history, the better off you'll be from a credit standpoint. So your credit history is uh, pretty well detailed on your credit report. So everybody has a credit report. Well, not everyone, I guess, if you have, don't, haven't used credit. But if you've used credit, you have a credit report. There are three different reporting agencies that track your credit. And you have the ability to pull a credit report from each of the three reporting agencies once a year at no cost. And you can do that through annualcreditreport.com. Not to be confused with freecreditreport.com. Right. Don't just Google that because (laughs) there's a lot of imposters out there. Uh, The only safe, reliable place to get access to legitimate free credit reports is through annualcreditreport.com. And there you can access Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion 
credit reports in your name. And what you want to do when you pull your credit report is you want to make sure there are no accounts that you have no recollection of. You want to make sure there's no fraudulent activity and that everything you see on the report matches what you yourself have experienced. And if there is a mismatch, that's when you want to take action um, as soon as possible. So that's why we always recommend pulling each credit report once a year. And you might just want to spread that out. Pull one every four months and that then you can cover your bases throughout the year. And as somebody who used to make loans as a loan officer early in my career, I can tell you that it is not uncommon to have mistakes on your credit report, um, especially for men if you are a junior, a senior, or a third. Oh, in name? Yes, mm -hmm. that often, uh, often can be um, mixed up. Um, sometimes Companies, uh, reporting company, uh, credit card companies or lenders, banks um, will misreport information. They might have a loan balance wrong, initial loan balance wrong. They're usually pretty good about payment history. And a, a note on payment history. So you have your due date of whenever you have to make your payment of a credit card or a loan. Typically, you get 30 days grace period after that before you are reported by the lending institution to a credit bureau as being late. So know that there is a, a little bit of a grace period in there, but once you are 30 days or more late, then typically that negative information gets sent to a credit bureau and then becomes part of your credit file. So not a game you wanna play, really. No, you wanna try to avoid that <laughs> at all possible. So that's your credit report. Now, uh, most people are familiar with a credit score. So now most banks are boiling down your credit history to a credit score or what you might know as a FICO score. And that score is important because it can impact the terms of loans that you're offered when you go to a bank or a lender. It will determine how good of an interest rate you get, what kind of terms they're willing to give you, and the amount that someone is willing to lend you. So the higher your credit score, the more you're able to borrow and the lower your interest rate could be potentially. Right, and there's no shortcut to building your credit score. One of the biggest components of your credit score is the length of time in which you've had credit. That's why I was saying earlier that the, uh, that the earlier you start building credit, the better off you're, you're going to be. But yes, the higher the credit score, the more favorable terms you typically get from lending institutions. The lower the interest rate, maybe the higher dollar amount you can borrow, or the longer you take to pay it back. All that becomes more favorable to you when you have a, a good credit score. So your credit score, is a three-digit score and it can range typically from 300 to 850. Now each reporting agency uses a different scoring system so you could have a different score at each agency but hopefully they're relatively close to each other or something might be off and you might want to look into it. So we have some kind of broad guidelines on what would be considered a poor, fair, good, exceptional FICO or credit score. Yeah, so um, a poor credit score, 300 to 570. 
typically from in the FICO range. Fair, 580 to 670-ish uh, in the FICO score realm. Good is about 670 to 740. Very good, 740 to 800. And then exceptional is 800 to 850. Now, I can also say from my early days in lending that an 850 credit score is like a unicorn. <laughs> Allegedly, they exist. You've never seen one But in real no life. one has ever really <laughs> seen one that I'm aware of. Uh, so it's highly unlikely that you're ever going to get 850, and it, you don't, don't kill yourself trying. It's not that important. Uh, what is important is to try to get your credit score up into the very good to exceptional range. So somewhere in the upper 700s, uh, the mid to upper 700s or higher, is going to be uh, going to open a lot of credit doors for you. And I, I saw some statistics that about 38% of people with credit have very good or exceptional. I thought that was actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, each sort of grouping of credit score from very poor to exceptional has about 20% of the pie. 20% of the population falls in one of those categories. So something that you can monitor yourself, uh, banks typically are giving this information for free. Some credit card companies are giving it to you for free. Or you can uh, look it up at annual credit report as well um, when you check your free credit reports. All right, we're going to step aside, take a short break. We're going to be right back after these messages. George and Hampton, I see you. We're going to get to you right after the break. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM 790 WNIS. Welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at Wealthway Advisors. Com. All right, tonight we're talking about the uh, five C's of credit, the responsible use of lending and debts, and ways that you can maximize your borrowing uh, terms, I guess, not necessarily power. opportunities. Power. Yeah. Borrowing power, yes, good one. All right, 627-7979 if you have a question or comment regarding what we're talking about tonight or anything having to do with your personal financial situation, jump on the studio line, give us a call. Right now we're going to go up to Hampton and speak with George. Good evening, George. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. How you doing? I just want to highlight the importance of checking when you turn down. Uh, some In the past, I was living in campus seats and I was trying to obtain a house. And the mortgage people told me they, they couldn't because my credit was bad. I wasn't playing child support. And I had just got separated from my wife. And I said, well, what's the name you have on the report? They said, George Owens. I said, okay, what's the social security number? 
It was a guy who lived at that house before I did, whose name was George Orange also. Oh, my God. He had a different credit, I mean, a different Social Security number. And I said, that's not me. And my, I'm a junior. My father's a senior. There's been time where they took me to be my father. So it's important when you turn down to double check and make sure they're talking about the right person. Yeah, George, that's a good firsthand account there. Thanks for that uh, information. That's a classic example of how uh, oftentimes you can find mistakes on your credit report, uh, especially when you have a common name. Mm -hmm. uh, there's probably a, you know, a fair number of other people in the United States. It's easy for wires to get crossed like that, so it's important that you be vigilant and make sure you guard your own credit history. All right. Not something you have to worry too much about, right? <laughs> not with, no, not, not with too many zimnas. I'm about the only one on the planet, I think. <laughs> of course. Uh, but George brought up a good point, and uh, that is in addition to lending information like uh, credit cards, personal loans, car loans, mortgages, and stuff like that, other um, legal information can find its way to your credit report if you owe it. And so he mentioned uh, unpaid child support. That can show up on your credit report. Tax liens, if you still owe uh, municipalities or the state or federal government taxes, that can show up on a tax report. Medical bills, unpaid medical bills that go to judgment can get um, can show up on your credit report and court costs basically anything that a lender would have to go to court to get a court to certify you actually do owe even though it's not a loan can find its way onto your credit report and most cases if you have that on there that's that's a big negative mark and a lender is usually going to require that you clean that up you either satisfy the obligation or if it's incorrect you get it straightened out with the credit bureau before getting any loans or any reasonably priced loans put it that way so that's a pretty good overview of credit history the one of the next factors that will factor into your ability to use credit is capacity so capacity is something that lenders will look at to determine how likely you are to be able to make a payment on this new loan that they're considering lending you. So they'll review your monthly income and compare it to all of your debts or financial obligations. They will calculate what is called your debt to income ratio. That shows what percentage of your monthly income that has to go to mandatory expenses like rent, loans, credit card payments, things that are obligations to lenders and that is going to help them determine if you have the capacity to make payments on additional credit yeah so the lower your uh, debt ratio the lower the amount of obligations that you have to pay compared to your income the more likely you are to be able to repay whatever new loan you're trying to get so uh, it's it, it's something that you want to try to manage and prepare for if you are, especially if you're getting ready for a big loan like a mortgage. That's where it's going to be most important. Lenders tend to have tend to be a little bit more flexible when it comes to credit cards and car loans, consumer type of lending. But uh, the 
terms are more rigid and restrictive when it comes to mortgages. So the lower your debt ratio, the better your chances of getting um, getting a loan. When we look at debt to income ratios, 50% of debt to income, that's kind of a, a red flag if more than half of your income is going towards debt payments. If you've got 36 to 49%, there's some opportunity to improve, but it doesn't mean that you absolutely can't get a loan. And then if your debt to income is 35% or less, you're looking good. Your debt is at a manageable level, and you will be likely able to get the, the loans that you're looking for. And I should note uh, in this area specifically, sometimes there's a little bit more leeway giving to um, sail sailors here in Hampton Roads area who just uh, literally have started out, moved from Oklahoma, and are stationed on the ship. Uh, they're their take-home pay is relatively low because a lot of their other expenses, like room and board, is being uh, paid for in other capacities. So just one car loan, just getting a car loan of $250, $300, it really like maxes out that debt-to-income ratio. But if you set up an allotment uh, or that's the only other debt you have, you can find some sympathetic lenders here in Hampton Roads area, area that know that that's the circumstances that... Uh, you're under. So, all right, we're going to have to pause right here, take a little uh, break for the news. Uh, Bill in Williamsburg, if you can hang on through the news break, we'll, we'll try to get to you when we come back. If you have a question or comment relating to what we're talking about, jump on the phone lines, give us a call, 627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM 790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison Dubril, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at wealthwayadvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at wealthwayadvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog boxes there, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for, is just to send you the information that you request. Uh, want to remind everybody, our next show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, April 25th at 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't catch us live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month, then get this show as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcasts. Download us, take us with you wherever you go, listen at your convenience. And for those of you into social media, we are too. We're on Facebook and LinkedIn. Search for Wealthway Financial Advisors, hit that like button. And once a month, I'm sorry, once a week, we put up a financial planning oriented post to keep you interested and engaged. All right, tonight we're talking about uh, the proper use of credit, how you can use it to your advantage, and then some actionable steps you can take to actually enhance your credit situation. Before we do that, we're going to run up to Williamsburg and speak with Bill. Good evening, Bill. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Hey, thanks a lot. Hey, uh, good show. Uh, good, good topic. 
Uh, I think everybody everybody can uh, knows what credit's about and whether you can get it or not. Uh, they'd like to know. Um, if you take out a loan, not a loan, I'm sorry, a credit card, and let's say you took it out in 2000, I'm just making an example, and you and you pay on it for two years and then you don't pay on it anymore and then and you default on it and then you, they, uh, they write it off. Um, when does that fall off your credit? Is it that when you took it out in 2000 and then it fell in 2002? Mm-hmm. Is it seven years from 2002 so mm-hmm. it wouldn't fall off your credit mm-hmm. till 2009? Mm-hmm. And, and just follow up to that is if it, if it, if it does come off then, the, does the uh, customer individual have to write into the, you know, one of the, uh, the the three different agencies and and ask them to remove it, or do they automatically know after seven years to just let it drop off? Yeah. Okay. Uh, good questions there, Bill. Um, and there's fair amount of uh, information there. So you're you're correct. When you have a, a legitimate negative event on your credit history, then it typically stays on your credit record for seven years from the last date of negative information. So in your hypothetical there, I think it was 2002, right? So seven years from the latest negative information. Uh, and then in that, in that case, it, then uh, you, sh- you shouldn't have to do anything to clear it after seven years. Uh, it should be automatically dropped by the credit agencies. Um, as long as negative information is on there, it's going to be a at least a, if it's not an outright denial for credit, it's going to be a conversation topic with uh, whoever you're um, trying to borrow from, or you're going to find yourself subject to just really disadvantaged uh, credit terms, much higher interest rates for loans than otherwise would be applicable. So it's that important. It's something that you need to uh, keep an eye on and manage. But once it occurs, seven years, and then uh, should be automatically dropped by the credit bureaus. All right, thanks for the call, Bill. We appreciate it. That that was a good one. 627-7979. We're talking about Credit 101 and the basic C's of credit. We talked about credit history and capacity. We'll run through the others real quick before we get to some more practical tips about what you can do to impact your credit score. So the the other C's of credit are collateral, capital, and conditions. So collateral, I think most people understand what collateral is. It is a personal asset, could be a car, could be a savings account, could be your house, that can help offset risk for lenders. So if you pledge collateral, then you give the lender the ability to repossess that asset if you default on the loan and you don't pay it back. This can help give lenders more security, get them more comfortable with lending you money. Yeah, and so in practicality, uh, you don't make your loan payments on time, you get too far delinquent. Uh, then the uh, lender would foreclose on a house or repossess a car or whatever would be used as collateral for the loan. So if the loan is not paid as agreed, the lender would seize that property, take ownership of it through court actions, and then sell that property, sell that uh, vehicle for whatever they could get for it to help to recoup the remaining amount of the debt. And it's a highly negative event. You don't want that to happen. Uh, You want to try to avoid that as much as possible. But if you come to a lender with collateral for a loan, obviously 
a mortgage by default has the house as collateral. A car loan by default, uh, the lender puts a lien on the title to your car loan. But sometimes you can get a per- you might own a car free and clear, and maybe you don't qualify for a, a unsecured personal loan. Or you might want more favorable lending terms, a lower interest rate. You can offer your title to your vehicle that you own free and clear as collateral for a loan. And so sometimes that can be used to sort of sweeten the deal, if you will, for both parties to get a loan done. Mm -hmm. Capital is another way that you can help increase your lending ability. So capital is typically something like your savings, your investments, your retirement account. Um, Lenders may want to see what kind of capital you have so that if you were to lose your job or have some sort of financial setback, they'll know the chances of you being able to repay this loan. And we do see this come into play with people who are maybe retired and don't have as much regularly earned income in retirement who are still trying to get financing to help maximize their um, their their use of their assets so you may be asked to show what what kind of capital you have to help get a regular loan yeah this is this is the one that drives a lot of consumers crazy because they're like if I had enough money, if I had enough investments, I wouldn't need the loan. The banks only want to make loans to people who already have the money, (laughs) right? Well, yes and no. Um, It does, it certainly bolsters your case, um, but there are times where it's, if you have enough capital to pay cash for a car or a house or some other big ticket item, it can be more financial, financially advantageous to use somebody else's money to buy that house or that car. Borrow, uh, when, uh, for the last decade almost, we had incredibly low interest rate environment where mortgages were going in the twos, the threes, and the fours. When you can borrow at that low of an interest rate, then it's more financially desirable to keep your money at work in investments on average long term than taking money out of those investments and paying cash for some vehicle. So depending on where we are in the interest rate cycle and what prevailing loan rates are doing, uh, even if you have the money to pay cash, it can be better to, to borrow from a bank. Uh, and so they like to see and know that you have it uh, in case you need to tell pay back the loan. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth C of the the five C's of credit that we're talking about tonight is conditions. So conditions refer to a number of factors that lenders might consider before extending credit. It might be how you plan to use the proceeds from the loan. So if you're getting a home equity line of credit, they may be asking you questions like, is this for home improvement or is this for send your kid to college or or is this for uh around the world cruise i don't know that may impact their decision debt consolidation mm-hmm. uh yeah the the purpose does come into play uh, and want to make sure it's a legitimate ethical purpose uh, for the loan proceeds and it sort of makes sense in context of your entire um, financial life. Uh, one of the big things, one of the big conditions that uh, smaller banks, community banks, and some 
smaller credit unions like is how long have you been a customer? That carries a lot of weight in smaller institutions. Might not go too far at Bank of America and Truist, but it certainly does at smaller community banks and credit unions. The longer you've been a customer of that bank, the more favorable they will consider your, your loan application. Mm-hmm. So credit history, capacity, collateral, capital, and conditions. Those all go into your, I guess, let's say attractiveness. It's like mm-hmm. dating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How attractive you are to your, potential lenders. Your credit attractiveness. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So stick around after the break. We're going to come back and make you credit hot uh, oh. with some actions that you can take to build good credit habits. 627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM 790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison Dubril, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at wealthwayadvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter. You find all that on the contact page. Or if you'd like to give us a call at the office, speak to a live human being. We got one there every weekday, Monday through Friday, 757-456-2200. I want to remind everybody, our next show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, April 25th. That's 6 p.m., our next live show. But in the interim... If you can't catch us live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month, get this show as a podcast. Search for Dollars in Common Sense wherever you get your podcasts. All right, tonight we're talking about the uh, five C's of credit, how you can strengthen your credit profile, become a more sexy financial, <laughs> oh uh, sexy uh, credit user, oh and some credit habits that will will work out the right muscles. See, it's like, remember I said it was like exercise. Yep. We just carried through right. all the way to the end. Right, so we're going to get you in good mm-hmm. beach shape, beach body, beach body credit shape. There you go. Well, we are going to talk about how you can build and improve your credit history and credit score. And the first thing you can do is pay your bills on time. Duh. <laughs> well, hey, easier said than done for some people. And at different times of your life, mm-hmm. it can be harder than others. That's for sure. So making sure you make your your bill payments on time, especially your interest-bearing loan payments or your interest credit card payments, it is it does not make sense to pay interest. So if you can, we recommend paying off the credit card in full every month, but you at least have to make the minimum payment so that it doesn't impact your credit score. And don't for a second think that you can outrun your debts and move to uh, another state or halfway across the country and they won't know about the credit card that you didn't pay in Hampton Roads. No, these are national credit reporting agencies. And any other time you uh, 
request credit under your name, social security number, birth date, um, that lender is going to pull a national credit report and that negative information will be on there. So make sure you pay your bills on time. Mm-hmm. And if you're not sure that you can handle that, then it's probably a good idea to set up an automatic payment. Most any loan has has the ability to go online and set it up so that it automatically drafts from your checking account on or before the due date so that you don't have to worry about it if you're out having fun in the sun. Yeah, there's less <laughs> sympathy nowadays for uh, my check is lost in the mail mm-hmm. or I forgot to write the check or anything having to do with a check <laughs> when everything, uh, most all these uh, payment plans can be set up on automatic draft from a checking account uh, that as long as you have enough funds in there, they will make that payment on time and that is a, uh, a good procedure for you to adopt. Another tip is to avoid maxing out your credit accounts. So I'm going to borrow one of your famous lines, Kevin. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm -hmm. We all are given a certain amount that we're available to use for credit on credit cards or loans. And And you typically do not want to use the maximum amount. In fact, credit usage is one of the factors that impacts your credit score the most. So you want to maintain a relatively low amount of credit usage. Usually they want to see it below 30%, meaning you're only using 30% of your limits at any given one time. Yeah, so back to the uh, working out analogy. I mean, you want you, you want to get out and exercise. You probably want to be in a, like a nice easy jog pace but you don't want to sprint you don't want to use all your energy you don't want to use all your credit you want to use a reasonable amount because this is going to be a marathon not a sprint your credit report is going to, and your credit score is going to follow you over your lifetime now if you have uh, a big expense coming up and maybe you use points on your credit card maybe you use airline miles or hotel points or cash bag or whatever it is so you want to just Put it on the credit card and plan to pay it off just to maximize your points. You can request an increase on your credit limit. So if you if you know you need to use more of your credit than normal, you could as long as you're in good standing and if you've been a customer for a, a period of time, you can approach each lender to see if they will increase your credit limit so that you can continue to manage your usage amount. Yep, it's not uncommon to get a temporary increase in your credit card limit if you're going to make a large purchase like Allison uh, suggested there, or you're going to take a big trip. Uh, that's per- perfectly uh, reasonable, happens uh, relatively frequently. Most people don't even know you can do that, but you can do that, and that can help manage your usage of your credit limit. You also want to manage your debt to income ratio. And this is just really good uh, financial sense. It's not just to get more uh, lending ability or more borrowing ability, but really to make sure that you can handle your bills. You want to make sure that the amount of your debt payments doesn't become too much uh, too high of a percentage of your income, which then becomes unmanageable. And then you want to make sure you build that emergency fund. Now, that doesn't have anything really to do with your credit characteristics or your credit history, but it does prevent you from getting too much bad credit, too, running up the credit 
uh, cards unexpectedly and then having a hard time paying it off. So the emergency fund, three to six months of uh, normal expenses set aside, comfy bank account, liquid, ultra safe, that's your first line of defense at getting too, uh, into too big, big of a debt hole. Yeah, I mean, once once you get into the hole, if you're not able to make the payments and interest just starts accruing, it just snowballs out of control and you can find yourself in a bad situation. So we like a good emergency fund and ideally paying the credit card off each month. And one idea, if you are considering taking on a new loan or debt, one idea is to practice making the debt payment. So Mm -hmm. just pretend like, okay, we're looking at increasing our mortgage payment by, you know, $500 a month. Let's see if we can put $500 a month set aside for a few months and see how that feels before we actually commit to doing this and find ourselves in a bad situation. Mm -hmm. Budgeting. Yeah, the B word. It's a <laughs> it's a soft form of budgeting, mm-hmm. uh, self imposed form. Yes, mm-hmm. and and uh, a way of exercising that higher credit limit to see if you can handle it. We talked about this earlier, but one of the very important things you can do to help improve your credit and manage your credit score is to monitor your credit reports. So you have everyone has three credit reports one from each of the three reporting agencies that can be accessed each year. We recommend pulling one report every four months so that you're monitoring your credit report evenly throughout the year and you would know relatively quickly if something was inaccurate or needed to be addressed. Yeah, one of the things that uh, checking your credit report regularly can help uh, is also identity theft yes. or somebody uh, opening up a credit uh, well getting your identity and then opening up credit with your name social security birth date all of your um, vital statistics so that it appears like it's a legitimate loan when in fact it's actually somebody else opening up the, the loan in your name with no intent of ever paying it back and it's going to stick on your credit report until you wake up to the fact that y- you have a problem and and this is something that you know a lot of people are concerned about uh, checking your credit report regularly can nip that in the bud and monitoring your credit score. I know a lot of banks and credit cards will send you alerts now. We'll get updates on your credit score. If there's a, a move in your credit score, they'll often even tell you why. And so that might alert you to some activity that maybe you need to check into. Yeah, and credit reports move slowly over time, typically. So uh, like we said earlier, the sooner you can start building credit, uh, the better off it will be to grow your credit score. And our last tip that you can use is to think very carefully before closing accounts because the uh, length of time you've been using credit is one of the big factors that contributes to your score. In fact, I think I have like 25 years of credit history and they're like, this is mediocre. I'm like, (laughs) wow. (laughs) That's what I mean. It takes a long time 
to really build up your credit history so, and credit score. Yeah, keep your accounts open even if you're not using them. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Hope you enjoyed the show about how to strengthen your uh, credit score and to re- use, use credit wisely to enhance your overall financial situation. We'll be back in two weeks on Tuesday, April 25th. For Certified Financial Planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. You've been listening to Dollars and Common Sense. The preceding program was sponsored and paid for by Wealthway Financial Advisors. We are solely responsible for its content.